Amen. Well, it's a great honor to be able to bring the second part of our series, Light in the Darkness. And Sean kicked us off last week so beautifully and powerfully looking at God with us, the Emmanuel. We have our two families, our choice family, and then our family of origin. And God is with us through all of the ups and downs of that. And then although we didn't agree this at all, he then carried on to speak about God through us. And it's from here that we're picking up today. I don't know if you've ever maybe been in the middle of Dartmoor and it's nighttime and you are in a park where there is no streetlights, no cars, no houses, and it's totally dark. And you look up at the sky and it's bejeweled with stars. Or maybe you've been playing hide and seek with a family member or some friends and you've hidden in a cupboard. Or if you've gone all out, you've gone into the loft because they will never find you there. Uh, And it's completely dark and you hold your hand out in front of you and you can see nothing because it's so dark, even though you can feel your hand there. Well, I experienced true darkness a few years ago when Ethan and I went on holiday. And I don't know if you've ever stayed in any of these pods in the airport, but it's literally a bed and a toilet and a shower and it's all uh, enclosed and you just rent it for a few hours to get a little bit of sleep before your flight. And there's no windows in these at all. So when you turn off the lights, it is completely dark. And as we turned off the lights, Ethan looked over to me and went, wow, it's so dark. I can't even see you, Hannah. And you glow in the dark. (laughs) And at that point, we knew if you cannot see me at all, it was true darkness. But we know that there is darkness in the natural And there is also darkness in the spiritual. It says in Ephesians, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against evil spiritual forces. And sometimes that darkness, just at the moment when, you know, it feels like you wake up in the dark and you go to bed in the dark and it's all darkness, it can feel a bit overwhelming. So that spiritual darkness can feel overwhelming as well. I don't know if you know, but in Exeter, there are eight county line gangs operating at any one time. Now, if you're not familiar with county lines, it's how drugs are moved across the city. Typically to Exeter, they come from Manchester, sometimes London, but it's mainly Manchester. And they generally use under 16s, occasionally under 18s, to transport these drugs. And they do it because it's harder for the police to penetrate them, but there are eight operating in our city. And when one is removed by the police, another one is just waiting to slot in. Young people say it's easier to get drugs at the moment than it is to get alcohol. And then if you look at mental health, one in six of our young people have a probable mental health disorder. Our local authority have a six to eight month waiting list. There was a young person I was talking to only the other day who was waiting for bereavement counselling from a phenomenal charity in Exeter. They went on that waiting list in 2018 and they still have had no counselling. It is a very dark place sometimes. In the UK, I didn't know this, 19% of children under 15 live with someone who faces severe or moderate food insecurity. Now what that means is that moderate food insecurity, people are either skipping meals, having their food intake reduced, or reducing the quality of their food, and severe means that they often go hungry. 19% of all of our under 15s are living with someone who's either skipping meals or regularly going hungry. And that is before you look at the human trafficking, at the refugee crisis, at the rates of domestic violence, at poverty across the world, or the fact that the average age to access pornography is nine years old. It is on and on and on, and it can feel very overwhelming. And that's just looking at our city. If you talk to young people in other, more larger cities, they say the streets feel like a war zone. We're not in Afghanistan or Iraq. 
We're in Exeter, we're in the UK. But darkness is all around us. And I don't know what your response is, but my response is to run and hide. Uh, many of you know I'm a teacher in a secondary school and I have the privilege of working in the same school as my husband and we always debrief as we're driving home about the day. And if I've had a particular conversation, I will quite often say, just so you know, when we have children, we are moving to Dartmoor, there will be no Wi-Fi, there will be no phone service and we will be self-sufficient. Because I don't want to engage. It's painful and it's messy and I don't like it. I like to be comfortable and I like to be neat and I like to be over here, thank you, and you can stay over there because that's easy. Our flesh doesn't like pain. We don't like to be uncomfortable. But the trouble is, even pretty worlds at some point get misaligned. And it's not what we're called to be. As Christians, literally mini Christ, Jesus said to be the salt and the light. Sean knew this verse uh, last week in Matthew 5.15. It says, do not put your light under a basket, but on a stand so the light is given to the whole house. Light was made for dark places. If you're in the summer and it's lunchtime and you're in a well-lit room, you're not going to turn on the top light. I don't put the torch on from my phone when it's May and it's 4 p.m. and I'm walking from the car to the house. Light in light is superfluous. It's not needed. Jesus said, those who are well have no need for a doctor. It's those who are sick. They are the ones that need it. And I wonder, church family, what our world would look like if as Christians, instead of seeing things and feeling a little uncomfortable and running away, instead we said, I have a light for that. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, I have a light for that. I have a light. And the light is not powered by us. I can promise you, as a teacher who is one week away from their Christmas holidays, if it was powered by us, my light would be very dim. Battery is dead. Done. Kapoosh. Thank you very much. I will see you in January. It's not powered by us. But our light is in Christ. He is the one, Jesus, shining to the darkness around us. We see in Zechariah 4.6, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. I realized as I was writing this message, something I guess I'd always subconsciously known, but never consciously recognized, and that was that Jesus was born at night. The light of the world was born into darkness. Now, I went back to check that it wasn't just every good nativity play, and this was actually biblical. <laughs> and we see it in Luke 2, verses 8 to 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the, sorry, and suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. Jesus, the light of the world, was born in darkness. 
And it's no surprise then that when we look at Jesus' death, we see that he was he died in the daytime, but actually there was uncharacteristic darkness. There was darkness, it says in Luke 23, 44 to 45, darkness over the whole land. So when he was born, the light of the world, he was born into darkness. And then when he experienced the physicality of death, there was uncharacteristic darkness in the daytime. And then when the spirit came to the disciples, he came in the light. Now we know this because when Peter addresses the crowd over accusations that they were drunk, he says it's only the third hour of the day. Now by our standards of time, the third hour of the day is about 9 a.m. And the Jewish day typically began at 6 a.m. So somewhere between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m., the Holy Spirit filled the disciples. He came in the light. So Jesus is the light and came in the night. Natural darkness came when Jesus experienced physical death. And the Holy Spirit filled the disciples in the light. Light, dark, light. We have a light. We have a light of Jesus to proclaim to the darkness, to shine to it. And people flock to the light. As I was writing this, I had this picture I couldn't shift from my mind. And on the screen, you'll see the best image I could find on Google. And it's of somebody in a cave, and they have a flaming torch. Now, what I saw in, my, in the picture was that there were also lots of other people in that same cave, also with torches, but they were unlit. If you have a torch that's unlit, and somebody else has a torch that's lit, you're going to follow the person with the torch. We have a light to shine into the darkness in the world around us. And if you're wondering about just how powerful that light is, this light that is the same light that raised Christ from the dead, then let me tell you a few things. Jesus wasn't just as dead as in maybe he was in a coma. He was dead with his side pierced, and yet he lived. It was the same power that took a man that couldn't walk or move at all, but left praising and singing God. It's the same power that parted an ocean, literally split the Red Sea for people to cross. The same power that took a man who was completely blind to see with perfect vision. It's the same power that took hearts and minds that were totally against Jesus and transformed them in a moment. 3,000. To this day, there are 2.5 billion people serving Christ. And that's at the moment. That's not everybody that's been and gone. It's the same power that causes dreams and visions from people that don't even know Jesus and Jesus is banned in their country to come to salvation. The same power that takes a body riddled with cancer and heals it completely and doctors cannot understand it. The same power that takes a leg that's shorter than the other even though they're an adult and grows it to the right length. The same power that took a man who couldn't speak even to his friends without stammering, and yet he could go before the king who was renowned for his brutality to free the people. The same power that took an army less than half the size of their opposition with no water, fighting in the desert to win the battle. The same power that caused a virgin woman to bear a child. The same power that created every star in the sky, every animal, every blade of grass, and created you. Would you humor me for a minute and just look at your hand? Look at your hand and move your fingers. This is one part of your body. The positions, the way your thumb is aligned, exactly allows you to move it. 
There are 27 bones in your hand and 29 joints. There are 123 ligaments, all directly attached so you can grasp and move. You have nails so that you can pick and pierce. You have tougher skin on the outside and smoother skin on the inside. There is so much detail in one tiny part of your body. And this is all from the power of God. It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The same creating, healing, miraculous power is the light that you have to shine to others. And I wonder, church family, if instead of seeing problems and seeing the complexity and the mess, if we just responded with, I have a light for that. If we allowed our heart of compassion, not growing weary of doing good, to be the acts of daily faithfulness, day in and day out, I have a light for that. And our God is so kind. At half term, Tendi and I were flying to Malta to see his family, and whilst we were in the airport, I went to the ladies. And as I was about to go into the cubicle, I felt the Holy Spirit say, not that one, this one. So I maneuvered myself, and I'd seen the previous person come out of that cubicle I was now going into, and I saw she'd left her phone in the toilet. So I went to her, and I said, oh, gosh, yes, thank you, got her phone, and that was it. She had no idea that that was remembered, and they were reconnected because of God. We don't know what was on her phone, probably her boarding pass, probably her COVID vaccine. It meant that she got her flight. I have no idea who that person was. I don't know their name. I've never met them before, and I'll probably never meet them again. And they don't know that God cares about them so much. He cared that she got her phone back and that she could carry on with her day. But God cares. He cares so much. He cares about the people in your world. He cares about them receiving a light because your world needs you. Your family, your friends, your workplace, the people you pass on the street that you don't even know. And maybe being a light is that you are the one that's always encouraging. Maybe it's that in an environment full of gossip, you don't gossip. Maybe at work where there's loads of swearing, you don't swear. Maybe you are the parent that prays in front of their children. Maybe you're the friend that invites that other friend for the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time, but you still invite them to church. Maybe you're the person that puts things on social media, even though other people might make nasty comments about it. You are the light. Fireworks are really beautiful. They are bright and they're sparkly and we say ooh and ah and they make us happy, but they're also gone in a minute. A street lamp people never admire. We only think about a street light when it breaks and then we grumble about it. But actually, it's a streetlight that keeps us going day in and day out. It's that constant every day. There's a missionary in Asia who has a saying, may we have soft hands and hard feet. Hard feet to go to the places of darkness and soft hearts to express God's compassion. A few years ago, I started a charity out of a frustration that there was a lack of mental health resources for young people. And I thought I was going to make loads of resources online and then people could access it. And then as I researched, I found there are loads of charities. Charities that have 24-hour helplines with trained counsellors at the other end of them. And actually, what it was needed wasn't another project. It was a bridge. It was a bridge between the user and a bridge between the provider. And actually, 
I would like to suggest that your world probably doesn't need another project. It needs you to be a bridge. It needs you to be a bridge that you go with the friend to Alpha, that you give that cooked meal when you know they're going through a hard time, that you keep praying for them over and over again. Even the smallest of flames has an impact. And we have an incredible church, and I love this church. I am one of those students that never left when I came in 2008. I adore this church. We have fantastic worship, and we have times of refreshing conferences, and we have great Sunday services, but this isn't the place to shine because light and light is superfluous. We need to go out there to shine, not run away from the darkness. We need to go to it. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not comfortable. I promise you, I'm not saying this from a, a pretty well perspective. I have people I deeply care about in my family, and they still don't know Jesus. And I have been praying for them for decades. There is healing that still hasn't come. There are things that I don't understand why they didn't work out that way. But we have to keep shining. Maybe... Some of us got tired. Maybe some of us got disheartened. Maybe we got scared. But in preparing this message, in listening to Sean's preach last week, in being an hour of power on Monday, I felt more and more that this message was a call to arms. And it wasn't that we now sell our houses and go off to a far-flung place. It was that we dust off our prayer knees that we get, out of our heart, we get out our heart of compassion and we once again use our hands to show the love of Jesus to people all around us. But a call of arms it is. Jesus came in the darkness and we know we are surrounded by darkness, but we have a light that can dispel it and the light that we know has the victory to transform, to heal, to deliver, to release. And so as I begin to close, and Tendi, if you could come up, please. This isn't radical, church family. This isn't us being super different. This is us being Christians, Christ in action, of bringing light to our world, just as he brought light to the world. To be that street lamp and not always think we have to be a firework to be that constant reminder of Christ's light in our workplace. And if you happen to be somebody thinking, well, actually, Hannah, I don't really have any darkness in my life, go and find some. <laughs> I promise you, you won't have to look for long, and that darkness needs your light. Be the light. Your people need you to cry out for them in prayer to share the gospel, to be that life that is different. And it's not popular. And I had to repent because I got comfortable. I'd started to care more about what people thought rather than actually that this light was going to transform their lives. It's not easy, but it is important. And so in response to this message, if you feel so led, Tendi's going to play a song, and it has the lyrics, We Must Go. And I invite you to rededicate yourself as torchbearers, as that person in the cave, the one holding the light, to be that light in your world again.
to start inviting people, to start being open about your faith, to start being encouraging. As we're celebrating Christmas, this time when the light of the world literally came into the darkness, may we be that light to our world. So church family, would you stand with me? And as we sing those lyrics, we must go. May it be a proclamation of intent, not just another worship song, but actually a decision that as we're ending one year, and there's been so many ups and downs and twists and turns, and it feels like we're moving backwards and we're moving forwards all at the same time that we would make a dedication to dust off our prayer needs. We'd make a dedication to keep being the light and to not stop. Whether you see the impact or not, be faithful to what God's called us to be, to be the salt and to be the light. And so, Father, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for when I know I haven't been the light like I should have been. I'm sorry for when I chose comfort over being the salt and the light. I'm sorry for when I decided a different decision to what I felt you prompting me to do. But God, I pray that as you lead each one of us, we would rededicate ourselves once again to being your torchbearers, to being the light just as you showed us. Oh, Jesus, you are the one who is the ever-evolving guide for our life. And you were the light everywhere you went. May we be that light because we have a light, Christ in us. Justice, Savior to all, came to rescue the weak and the poor, chose to serve and not be served. Jesus, you have called us.
Fill us up, send us up. Fill us up, send us up. Fill us up, send us up, Lord. Fill us up, send us up. Fill us up, send us up. Fill us up, send us up, Lord. Fill us up and send us up. Go. Cool. 